gentlemen, welcome to the 22nd ever episode of Inside Outlook, the official podcast of Asian Outlook Magazine. My name's Mike, and joining me today, the man, the myth, and some may even say the legend, Darren Tun. Darren, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Can you introduce yourself a little bit for us? Yeah, um, I'm a filmmaker, longtime filmmaker, now just diving into like entrepreneurship and other things like that. I would say that I'm a little bit crazy in the sense that I'm just like everywhere and I'm just doing a bunch of different things that I'm interested in, like just trying to constantly feed my mind and like, I don't really know, wherever it takes me, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so I know you're, you've been into putting out content through Instagram or Facebook or whatever creative mediums you have. I know you just started a club. I know you just had a big, big um, sort of film slash art party event kind of thing mm-hmm. going on. Before we dive into all that, can you just tell us a little bit of background on yourself, where you're from, things like that? Yeah, so I grew up on Long Island mm-hmm. in Syosset. It's a very, like, rich white neighborhood, <laughs> which, I mean, it's cool and stuff like that. It's very, like, heavily Asian and, like, white populated. So I was constantly just surrounded by a bunch of Asians and, like, I don't know. Just people like that. So that's where I grew up. And um, when I was very, very young, my dad, he bought me... Well, he actually worked at Canon. Mm-hmm. Um, so he actually was able to bring back like cameras and stuff like that. First, he wor- worked at Olympus. So he was, he was also able to bring back cameras from there too. But um, from his work, literally, it was just about you know trying out the cameras, testing them out, like just showing us how to use them. And I really just fell in love with like the whole art of like being able to create something using that medium i think like it's really interesting with the whole um like editing process about how like you can create the storyline it's almost like you can create your own like mini world and like i started thinking about all these stories like in my head Mm -hmm. you know um just things like that so it was kind of just like me in my house and we were kind of just like messing around my sister and i and we were just like filming random things and like I don't know, Star Wars episodes, you know, mm-hmm. just like anything like a little kid could think about, we can just like film and like make and like edit. And uh, back then the editor we were using wasn't even Windows Movie Maker. It was this, it was this thing called like Roxy, like Movie Maker or something like that. And we got it off of like a CD, um, like from somewhere, I don't know, but it was a really like crappy editor. It was not good at all, but um I think that was when I first learned how to like just cut things up and like move things around mm-hmm. and just like create that whole illusion. Um, and it almost seemed like to me kind of like a magic trick in itself because I think the other side hobby that I had at that time was magic. So it kind of <laughs> played into how like, oh wow, it's kind of like magic because you create like this effect, you know, it's all about mm-hmm. this like visual effect. Um, except it's not really like you know you don't really have to learn like sleight of hand and like Mm -hmm. all those things like that i mean but there's still a lot of work that goes into creating those effects and i think that's kind of what got me at the beginning the creating those like visual effects and Mm -hmm. like things that you couldn't necessarily happen in real life but they can happen on the screen Mm -hmm. um yeah nice nice i love it and you said your sister was helping you out with it yeah yeah my sister was like a really big help with it because um i mean at the moment i think she kind of looked up to me so because she kind of just went along with anything that I went, uh, that I was doing. So I was like, Katrina, just go here and like, and you know, uh, do this little act, like do this little bit and then say this. So like literally, like she would say like line for line, exactly like <laughs> what I told her to do. 
and she was and like i'd be like yeah yeah stand over there like say this line and she'd be like yeah yeah okay she say the line and, and i just click the button record you know mm-hmm. stop recording and then like she she wouldn't even know what was happening until like i showed her like the final film and she was like wow that's great <laughs> nice, <laughs> but nice. yeah no she was actually like a really really big help mm-hmm. um just to like all like the films and like the, my creative endeavors um in general and she's always been like um a supporter of like anything that i choose uh to go into and to pursue like uh like i said I, I pursue like a lot of different things and like i tell her occasionally like hey i'm doing this i'm doing that and she's like wow that's mm-hmm. crazy you know but yeah no i'm really thankful that she's there yeah and is this uh, a hobby and an interest that you knew would take you throughout life and that would always be there for you or did you ever fall out with it a little bit yeah yeah um well it originally started as like you know just something small um i wasn't really thinking about what i was going to do with my life like that early on because um, I mean, I was still young. I, at the time, like, I think I found it, like, at, like, nine, ten years old. Maybe maybe even younger, to be honest. Um, yeah, probably younger than that. And um, it was kind of just, like, us having fun. I mean, like, that's how most people start. Just, like, you know, you're having fun with it. Just, like, that kind of thing. But I, I really wasn't thinking about the future yet. I just kept doing it and pursuing it and pursuing it. And then when it came down to, like, high school, I think... Um, I was still pursuing it a lot and it was still like a hobby and, and uh but I started to think a little bit more about my future and I was like man like is this something that I actually want to do and my parents were also gearing towards that too because I think they were kind of looking at my interests and they're like what is he really interested in mm-hmm. and then they're like they just saw this film thing and they were like maybe that's what he's going to go to college for maybe that's what he's going to do so I feel like they really set me on that path and I was like oh like the moment you just you hear that oh wow maybe this might be a life decision and not mm-hmm. just a hobby you go from like oh you know it's kind of it's chill like you know it's such just something fun to like wow this is like mm-hmm. maybe like something i have to take really seriously you know so yeah there was definitely that switch in my life and that was like a really difficult thing to process because then this whole thing of like money and how are you going to make a living and like all these other factors come into it and it's not just about the creative process it's about the creative process, but also networking yourself and figuring out like how you're gonna make it mm-hmm. in the industry. Um, and yeah, there were those times where I felt like discouraged. Um, I feel like that whole mindset of like, oh yeah, like um, it is a career, so like it's gonna be hard to make money. That has like bogged me down a little bit um, at times, and like it's not always like I want to create all the time. It's like I wait for those moments of inspiration to create yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like it i like it i love to hear that at least from what you're saying it sounds like your family was pretty supportive of that Mm -hmm. sort of career path i know we just had sophie chung on um and she was talking about how back in hong kong a lot of people who were really at their hearts creatives weren't really allowed to or were being discouraged from doing what they wanted yeah and how destructive that can be for someone so that's also to hear yeah that you're you're given a little boost board in terms of just having support there Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely uh, my parents are definitely huge supporters. I think, like, it's it's actually really funny because my mom always was like, yeah, you know, like, you can do, like, whatever you want to do, you know? Like, be, just because, like, you know, like, outside family doesn't, like, really approve, like, we will support you in what you want to do. Um, and basically, they've been telling me, like, that, yeah, they've worked really hard just so that I could have the opportunity to mm-hmm. pursue those things that I did want to do. And not have to go down like other routes that I wasn't necessarily interested in just for the money. So yeah, they've been really supportive of it. Um, you can kind of tell sometimes that like when my family members talk about it outside of um, outside of like my immediate family, I'm like 
meaning like my grandparents, like my mm-hmm. aunts, my uncles, like cousins, things like that. You kind of sense like they're like, oh yeah, you know, this is like no way to like sustain, um, like to sustain yourself. Like this is not going to be a great way to make a living. Like my grandpa is like the stereotypical, like you should become a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this might not be like the right route. Like, yeah, I mean, creative is good for hobbies. It's not good for making a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I've, they've heard that so many times that like I can see it kind of get to them. And I'm like, yo, like, it's okay. Like, I understand that. Like, um, but you just have to trust in me that I'll make it one mm-hmm. day and then I'll do it. And yeah, like now because of how hard I'm working, I don't really have a doubt in my mind that it won't work out because I can't let that, you know, affect, mm-hmm. you know, the way I'm, I'm thinking in my mindset and things like that. Like, I can't think that it's not going to work out because it definitely has to work out, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's what I'm striving towards at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you talk about it, quote, working out for you, what mm-hmm. does that look like in your mind? What kind of career slash position slash field do you see yourself being in? Yeah. Um, I see myself being kind of crazy and digging into a whole bunch of different kinds of mm-hmm. ventures. Um, but mainly, like, I wanted to get into film directing and starting my own production studio and kind of just doing, like, our own films and things like that. Um, and maybe, like, also financing other films or getting other creatives on, you know, because there are a lot of directors that don't necessarily have the budget or the team to be able to produce their own, you know, films and stuff like that. So I was like, yo, definitely, like, if I can create a company that gives those other creatives a chance to get themselves out there I feel like that's a that's like gonna be like a huge thing um, especially since I'm really into like um, Asian American representation mm-hmm. here in Hollywood I feel like that's another thing that I also want to strive towards when I'm making this production studio yeah just things like that like becoming a film director you know starting the production company mm-hmm. um, like making a change in Hollywood uh, hopefully and um, you know just other ventures I want to get into like another thing I actually wanted to do was like go into like restaurants and like mm-hmm. like open up restaurants or something like that maybe like a small like shop nothing too big but like I feel like it would always be really interesting mm-hmm. to do like food um, opening up a marketing agency you know just like crazy ideas <laughs> that, have, you, uh, have you always been into food and things like that um it's kind of funny because like I, I was always inspired to create like a food um, like restaurant type thing, but I've never really thought about it too much until like later on because I thought it was always like an interesting idea like, oh man, like we can cook our own things like mm-hmm. we can make our own stuff. But I know like this it's like a long process to like get it out there. Um, but yeah, I've only recently started to think about it a little bit more. I'm not too sure because the idea is not mm-hmm. really fleshed out yet, but um I mean, it's just like like when you're little, you think about these things and you're like, wow, maybe it'd be cool if I ran my own restaurant and this and that. Um, and then maybe you can do it when you're older, you know, mm-hmm. who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so restaurants, films, film production, directing, a bunch of great stuff. What are some projects that you're working on right now? What, what do you got cooking? Yeah, um, so we recently launched uh, CSB, Cinema Society of Binghamton. Um, and it's... A club that I feel like this campus really needs because um, filmmaking in itself I think it's a very collaborative art mm-hmm. um, and I spoke to a couple of people in the industry about this too about how like when you're in film school it should be a collaborative process like 
Um, it shouldn't be just like one person working on their one project alone, you know, because like you really don't learn how to work as a team. And when you're doing film, it's really important to learn how to work as a team and, you know, kind of help each other and kind of try to delegate those tasks, you know, like cinematographer, director, you know, sound, editor, you know, like all these different things, producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like some film schools, they really teach that. But here in Binghamton, we're very experimental based and I don't necessarily feel like we have that kind of like too much of like a hands-on approach to Mm -hmm. filmmaking um, in a sense. And yeah, there are other clubs out there and they do like watch films and they do like uh, experimental stuff, but I feel like I really want to center my club around making the films Mm -hmm. and really teaching people like the craft, right? Like maybe just do like camera tutorials or like do something like editing tutorials and like have workshops based around that, you know? Um, Get people into like making films together because I feel like that's like the heart of like what it is like you know everyone's there like the whole crew is sitting there you know they're tired but everyone's kind of going for like the Mm -hmm. creative vision everyone's kind of like motivated by the same thing you know everyone's just trying to make it happen you know and it's crazy it's a crazy art because sometimes you're out there and you don't know what you're doing and sometimes you film footage and like it it just like it could all like end up as like trash footage like sometimes you like Mm -hmm. when back when they were filming like on film like it's just like they didn't even know what they were doing because like you, only when you went into like the film like room to be like developed mm-hmm. that's when you really figured out whether or not like the shots were actually valid to mm-hmm. use for your actual <laughs> film and like that must have been so scary i mean now we have digital but like still like it's just a crazy process because like a lot of times you don't know like what you're doing until mm-hmm. like the very end and it's like all rushed but like i really enjoy it because of how like quick paced and like how like mm-hmm. on top of it you need to be and just like how spontaneous the whole art form is um but yeah i really feel like that club this club that i'm building really surrounds that filmmaking aspect mm-hmm. of it and uh i'm really proud of my eboard at the moment like i feel like we're working really really well together everyone's really passionate you know and yeah, everyone's kind of in it for this, the same kind of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, I really wanted to find like-minded people. It should be more of like a creative community mm-hmm. of people just helping each other. Yeah, so. yeah. I also love film, not just film, but the process as well. Yeah. So I'm in the Slack channel for, for your club. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll be coming out soon for whatever projects we have, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So you also had some kind of event that you put on, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, CSB had our first event. It's, a, it's an art show. It was kind of just meant to bring all these creatives together. So whether you are a musician or a painter or a photographer or you, you know, like you like poetry or um, you're a filmmaker, I kind of designed this event so that everyone can have like a chance to like network and um, just talk with a bunch of creative. I wanted just a room of like creative energy. Mm -hmm. And I thought this would be like a great way to just have people all in one place, you know, just appreciating art together. But yeah, it was a crazy event. Um, the, it's a funny story behind it because I was at this entrepreneurship club called Bing Entrepreneurs, um, and mm. I met this guy named Aldair, and he brought up this idea of like how I should do an event, and I was like, yeah, I was thinking about the event already, um, but then, <laughs> but then he was like, he talked about it more and more and more, and I was into it. I kept pitching the idea to my friends. I was like, do you think this is a good idea? Um, and he's like, yeah, we're, we're probably gonna do it next semester. We're probably gonna do it next month, and then I asked him like a week ago. And I was like, hey, so what do you think about the event? Are we gonna go on for next month or next semester? What do you think? And he's like, nah, it's now or never. And I was like, what do you mean now or never? And he's just like, no, it's either happening next week 
or it's not happening at all. <laughs> and I was like, hold up a second, yo, I can't throw this event in a week. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think this is possible. Like, I don't know, like, if I even had the resources to do this. And he's like, no, dude, you do, you do, you do. So he kept convincing me. And I was like, all right, I guess it's happening then. I guess it's happening. And we had the poster made and we shipped it out. You know, we put it up on all social media channels. We kind of had, like, the artist, some artists in place. Actually, a week before, we only had two artists mm-hmm. in place. And it was going to happen in, like, five days from then. And we were like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, but, yeah, it was crazy. I think it was just because of the fact that we put it out there. And it was on the stories. It was on the gram. It was everywhere. It was advertised. Like, there were posters around the school. I think it was just because we put it out there that, like, it made the deadline so much more, like, um, prevalent for me. Like, it was just, like, at the top of my head all the time. And it's just, like, it wasn't, like, can we make this happen? It's, like, how can we make this happen? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, like, a matter of whether or not it was going to happen or not. It was definitely happening. But I, it was, like, me trying to train my brain to be, like, okay, there are workarounds for every single solution. And that's kind of what I learned about event planning in general, too. Because event planning is literally, like, problem solving. Like, mm-hmm. it's just problems come up every single day. Like, <laughs> I, I literally woke up, like, every single morning. And I would have, like, 20 texts. Mm-hmm. announcing like three different problems like one of our performers dropped out you know uh, another guy said no like we can't use that location you know we we lost three locations doing this because mm-hmm. it was just like wow. we got it we kind of dropped it and then we, we got another one but then like that one kind of didn't like fit our you know the what we were going for mm-hmm. like we're not looking for frat house vibes we were looking for more of like an artistic studio so it took such a long time to find this and reaching out to a bunch of connects and different people to try to make this happen but yeah, like I think it was only two days before the actual party mm-hmm. that we actually found the location <laughs> for the event. And literally the night before the party, we were like setting up and going crazy and putting sticky tack on the walls and like mm-hmm. putting all these like paintings and like art stuff on the walls. And and then I think we stayed up till like 4 or 5 a.m., woke up at 9 a.m. the next day, you know, grind again, you know, um, went to Home Depot, picked up all the lights, you know, everything was just so last minute. But I feel like it, it felt good because it was mm-hmm. fun. It's kind of like that last minute rush of like everything kind of just coming together. And uh, no, it was a great event. Like, um, and people at the event were telling me like this, there was nothing like this ever. Like, I don't know, like there was nothing like this, like available, I guess, at Bing. Like mm-hmm. they didn't really feel like this kind of creative energy um, at a party like this before. Um, and I was really happy to bring those groups of like creatives together. Cause like, mm-hmm. I feel like it was so diverse and those people would have never met if it weren't for us putting it together and kind of just like putting those people all into the same room to appreciate, you know, art and like everyone's art, you know. Um, So it wasn't just Asians. It wasn't just, you know, white people or like, it was like everybody, like Mm -hmm. everybody was there, you know. Um, So it was a super diverse event and we had a bunch of different artists and um, creative energy was good. And I don't know, it was a great event. Uh, I would love to throw another one again. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it did. Um, you won't know until a week before throwing the event, though. So we'll we'll have yeah. to keep an eye out. Of we'll follow you on Facebook and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next time, you might get a little bit more notice. Okay. I'm yeah. sure you will, too. You'll get a little yeah, more notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least two weeks. Okay. Now, okay. This was kind of rushed, but... Rule of thumb. Yeah. Honestly, that's all... I love that for a first event, though. To right. Just, especially not just first event of the year or the semester, mm-hmm. but for your group and for yourself. That's an amazing way to set the tone for mm-hmm. what you guys are doing and what yeah. kind of mindset you have in terms right, of getting right. stuff done mm-hmm. that's awesome very do or do not there is no try kind of a thing yeah yeah it's kind of like this whole thing with like 
you'll never know the alternative and there's so always so much planning that you can do you know like mm-hmm. there's always we can we could have planned so much but there are so many issues that are like that came up that we would have never been able to like mm-hmm. figure out until like it actually happened right like you wouldn't even foresee them happening so yeah. you can't figure them yeah out exactly like those performers dropping out like those things like that like even with like all the sound stuff that we experience with like mm-hmm. the location like the people like the place like i learned so much about event planning and how like crazy <laughs> it is and how like it comes literally down to like the last minute yeah it, it was a learning process but it was fun mm-hmm. i'm glad it was done uh in a week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a week absolutely i love it and uh speaking of diversity that you were talking about and and races and groups and things like mm-hmm. that um, I know you talked earlier about being from Sayaset. Mm-hmm. Then you also mentioned being in some sort of an Asian community there. Can yeah. you talk about what that was like and how that informed you both as a person and as a developing artist? Yeah, yeah. It's actually really weird because I feel like the Asian community there kind of sheltered me a mm-hmm. bit. Because that's what I was used to. I mean, I was just used to hanging around, you know, other Asian people. And I got really comfortable it was such a big shock when I came over here mm-hmm. to Binghamton and I was like, wow, you know, so many other different kinds of people, not just Asians. I mean, like there are a lot of Asians here, which is cool. There's a great Asian community and I really like it. But um, I'm trying to branch out even more. It's like all these mm-hmm. other different communities and, um, you know, like Lasu, ASO, just things like that, um, because I feel like there are a lot of other artists and creatives out there, too, that um, normally if we stay in our bubble, we don't reach. We mm-hmm. talk about a lot about the Asian bubble, but normally if we do stay in our bubble, like we don't necessarily reach them. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because like I'm out here doing like um, like Kimbamba and like yeah. all these other kinds <laughs> like of things. It, like yeah, and they're like, "What's this like Asian guy doing out here?" You know, like I don't know. I'm like I feel like I'm the only Asian guy out there. You know, doing all these crazy things. Like you know, trying to just mix, you know, and, and be out there. But um, yeah, back to Syosset though. I feel like it did get me comfortable in that community. Um, it did make me feel like it was home because like I did have a lot of other Asians there and we could relate on like a certain kind of level, you mm-hmm. know, we could talk about Chinatown and going out to Chinatown and getting food and like bubble tea and we could like talk about, you know, I don't know, we just had like a lot in common, mm-hmm. you know? So that was great. Um, but yeah, it did tend to feel like a little bit non-diverse when I was back at Sayasit. So I, I did feel a little bit sheltered. Mm-hmm. But when I came out here, it, it was a lot different. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I was sort of the opposite. I'm also from Long Island. Yeah. Um, and I could tell you're from from Long Island because you said on Long Island, not in Long Island. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I also grew up in a very white surrounding. I didn't really have any kind of Asian community around me. There was mm. a couple other kids. That was really it. Right. Um, and I'm adopted as well. So even at home, I didn't have, mm. um, and my parents are Italian. So I'm culturally really yeah. Italian more than yeah. Asian. Mm-hmm. So coming here was partly culture shock because I was around people that looked like me. And of course, the culture of it was an actual shock because I was actually different from what I was used to. Mm-hmm. But then what happened was I went to um, what's called ICASU. It's East Coast Asian American Student Union. They had a conference. Mm. They had a little summit room for other people who were also adopted. And oh, that wow. was like reverse culture shock because that was the first <laughs> time that I met people who had similar yeah, experiences yeah, yeah, to me, yeah. which I thought it was so interesting. It was, it was so cool to, to see that, mm-hmm. to have that experience. But anyway, can you talk to me a little bit about your creative process? My creative process? Yeah. Like for making films? For making films, really for anything. How ideas mm. come about and then how you act upon those. Right, yeah. So that's a, it's a crazy thing because I feel like 
um, as most people could probably tell, like I work best creatively when I'm under pressure. Mm-hmm. So when there's deadlines, it's not just free flowing. And like there's things like you got to get it done at this time. And like it has to go up at that time. I feel like that's when my most creative moments come up. And creativity for me, it, it comes in different ways. And sometimes I think about a bunch of like, like, okay, I was at Five Towns College for this um, film program. And my professor told me like, if you're ever like in a writer's block, think about like five cool moments, five cool shots mm-hmm. that you want in your film. Just think about those five things, right? And think about how you can string a story through those mm-hmm. five moments um, and to make those five moments happen mm-hmm. uh, in that film. And I keep thinking about that. And, I was, and it's kind of weird. My creative process is not like most. I think about those moments in the film that I want to have, like like how I want it to hit and how the pe- how I want the people to feel when they're watching the film, and you know, just like cool shots. Like I'm a cinematographer, so I think mm-hmm. about the shots too, um, a lot. And then I kind of th- build a story, and I'm like, okay, wow. So there's this shot of like this guy standing here, and then there's another guy over there, and you know, there's this girl over here, and I think about, and I come up with a story mm-hmm. about those characters, right? And I build the story around that shot Mm -hmm. it's very very weird it's very (laughs) weird because um people normally be like oh yeah here's a story concept and then we'll think about the shots later but i think about Mm -hmm. the moment like the climax like Mm -hmm. this is what the climax is going to be and then i surround the story Mm -hmm. around that one climatic moment and then i think like that kind of helps me be more creative in terms of like coming up with i don't know solutions in the story um things like that i'm not too much of a writer to be honest, like a lot of like the stuff that I've done has kind of just been like go and shoot, you know, because I find that every single time that I write something, I always want to change it. Like, like I've wrote, I've written so many scripts that I'm just like on set, like, nah, mm-hmm. like, like just change that. <laughs> like sometimes like I'll be in the moment and we'll be filming and I'm looking at like actors and like they're talking to each other and things like that. And then it's just like this line does not mm-hmm. fit into what I want this to be. So I just change it on the spot and like mm-hmm. everything just kind of changes and like it strays very far away from mm-hmm. the actual script, surprisingly. Um, but I, I work very like spontaneously and kind of um, improv in mm-hmm. a way. Um, I feel like best creativity for me is like improv. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about going into stand up at some point because okay. I, I was yeah, part yeah, yeah. of um, uh, stand up comedy club here on campus. Mm-hmm. So um, I never really thought about it too much. And until, like, I was just cracking jokes with my friends, and they were like, wow, like, you're really good at the storytelling thing. Like, you can just tell stories, like, with such, like, vivid imagery, like, where we're Mm -hmm. all, like, you know, we're all, like, really engaged with it. And I I thought about it, right? I was like, I have a lot of funny stories to tell, and, like, I feel like this could be really good, like, Mm stand-up content, you know? Um, So kind of, like, spontaneously, like, I'm not even thinking about these stories, right? I kind of just tell them, like, on the spot. Because as I'm thinking about it, because I have the imagery and it's funny imagery in my head, and I just try to find the words to to match this funny imagery. Um, it's hard to describe, but it's very like spontaneous. And so when I went up to stand up comedy club, I've never performed before, and it was like my first time. And everyone up was there that was there was like, oh, we performed before. This is like our fifth time, sixth time, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just decided to like go up there and tell the story. And like, it was crazy because like, I kind of just winged it and it did really well. And I was like, wow, like maybe like I could actually do something along like the stand up comedy line, but Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure. That's like something else that I kind of have been exploring 
I know it's crazy. See, I, you have all these different like avenues of creativity that you can mm-hmm. go down. Um, but I definitely do feel like I have comedic roots mm-hmm. um, in some sense. So that's why I really like doing comedies for films and things like that. Um, Stand up, especially stand up has kind of just been like with my friends so far. And like if I'm in a group of friends, I'll just be like, yo, like this is really funny story. And I'll just like do my act, like do my bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. My girlfriend sees me doing it. And she's like, man, like I see you doing like one iteration of a story mm-hmm. and then you improve upon that the next time. Cause she goes with me from group to group when I'm okay. talking about these stories. And like, it's just like, and then the next story, I see you like change that iteration mm-hmm. a little bit more and a little bit more, a little bit more. And it just gets better and better and better. And you realize where your hit points are for like laughs and things mm-hmm. like that. So I don't know, it's just like constantly improving mm-hmm. and then constantly perfecting the craft. It kind of just makes me think about like all these things that I'm into and it's just like am I just a filmmaker am I just you know mm-hmm. whatever but yeah yeah I like that are you a Joe Rogan fan at all I am a Joe Rogan fan okay. too yeah yeah, yeah I feel yeah. like he's he's at least helping in this sort of resurgence and in, in stand up and stuff like that yeah yeah so that's definitely. really cool yeah 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 um what else let me see so we talked about where you came from we talked about where you want to go and what you're doing right. now do you have any kinds of influences either in your personal life or other professionals in the industry or in history that sort of inspire you and inform what you do yeah yeah so many actually <laughs> i was a huge like martin scorsese fan mm, when i was in high school mm. because i was literally set on tish like nyu mm-hmm. tish for film school so i was like wow like he graduated from tish you know he's a filmmaker i really love his films like the influence and things like that um recently saw joker saw a lot of reference in there oh yeah still a really big fan um yeah so martin scorsese like he was huge but early early on i'd have to say jackie chan was like a huge influence just because of his style of filmmaking i think he turned i mean obviously like the whole um martial arts and filmmaking and stuff like that it's been around before jackie chan with bruce Mm -hmm. lee and like like many artists before that but i I really feel like he really mixed this like action and comedy Mm -hmm. together oh yeah that was not really ever seen before um and he really really emphasized like beats um beats in like action sequences that are almost like music and you kind of like you know you have to see this beat and like um if you're off of the beat you know it doesn't really work with the film um, there's just so many like technical aspects to it but i really enjoyed it because it was almost like his whole film was like a musical masterpiece um and like the technicalities of it were just like there's just so many things that went into it um i can't really describe but uh even things like you know like wide angle shots right um he made it like a point to do everything like wide angle and like literally just like pan across mm-hmm. um you know scenes because he wanted people to see all the action that was happening it wasn't just like hey focus on this one little bit of the frame it was more of like hey like look at this whole you know scene mm-hmm. you can see people falling over there in the background you can see people falling in the front you can kind of see people like running up to him you can kind of like like everything is there for mm-hmm. you to see like there's no like I, I mean there's some like trickery like in the filmmaking like camera tricks and stuff like that but like literally most of it is there and he's kind of just does all his stunts by himself like you can see him like falling from the building like everything's there so i think that was like a huge influence because those films when i was little like it just stuck with me like Mm -hmm. you're just constantly engaged there were never like any like dull moments where you're kind of just looking away like "Eh," like whatever he just he knew how to keep your attention Mm -hmm. to the movie um 
yeah he was definitely a huge influence especially for like fight scenes and things like that like i think i was definitely really inspired um by him and uh corridor digital as well mm. they're a channel on youtube i've been watching them for a really really long time mm-hmm. um they started the whole special effects thing with freddie w they just kind of just showed everybody that hey you don't need like thousands of dollars of vfx equipment to actually make stuff happen you know like you can literally just do it on your computer nowadays with adobe after effects or you can even do it practically like i mean practicals has always been around but people like they don't really know that too much i mean until you start playing around with it you know you can play with forced perspective you know things like that making someone smaller making someone bigger um you know and then like doing like muzzle flares like layering you know fire in your films it's like all these kinds of things like with mm-hmm. After Effects that I think they opened up this whole world to other filmmakers and like what they could do with it. Um, and I think that really inspired me too because I was like, wow, like I could do this too. Like mm-hmm. I was just like a 10 year old, 11 year old, I think. And I was like, wow, I can do this too. This is like crazy. Like I can just open up my computer, like literally like drag like the templates on there, you know, try to like do my own film, like add the effects on. Mm-hmm. And it could be like my own little movie and I could like showcase that to like my family, you know, my friends. Um and that's literally like I think it's one of the main reasons why I actually started making is with the visual effects, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um but they were like a huge inspiration like earlier on. Um yeah. Have you heard of Rocket Jump Film School on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually the Freddie W channel turned mm-hmm. into Rocket Jump Film yeah. School. Um well Rocket Jump Film School came after um, Rocket Jump. So it's like Freddie W turned into Rocket Jump, and then Rocket Jump Film School, I think, came Yeah, after. yeah, it's, it's like an offshoot thing. of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're seen, really cool. Oh, those, those, those are also great tutorials and stuff like yeah, that. that I yeah, 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 definitely. And I don't know if you've heard of their podcast as well that, I'm a, that I binge listen to basically 24-7. So if anyone, I know you said you're a very visual person mm-hmm. in terms of storytelling. I'm personally into writing more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything from scripts to stories and poetry, stuff like that. Of course. They have a podcast where every week, uh, Freddie W. and his two writers, right. um, Matt and Will, they'll come up with some weird idea for a movie or take Mm -hmm. some property and they'll have to outline a script and have to basically do a pitch for some movie that they do in an hour. That was, it's so great to learn even because you could, you could go in and learn about, you know, theory behind storytelling and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But being able to rapidly see these case study examples of things over and over again, Mm -hmm. um, similar to what you're doing in terms of just going out there and doing it over and over again, I think there's definitely something to be said mm-hmm. about doing that. Yeah. So yeah. with that, I'm going to ask you, do you have any tips or advice for anyone who wants to go out and maybe be a filmmaker or do something creative and they haven't before? Yeah. I mean, like, it's kind of like the same thing with, like, you kind of just go for it. Um, you kind of just do it. And then you kind of learn through the process. Like, literally, I know, like, a lot of people have heard this before about just doing it and just jumping into it. Like, it's advice that I've heard countless numbers of times and I'm just like wow that sounds great you know just do it and I kind of just sit there and think about doing it and I don't really do it you know (laughs) and it's kind of just like you have to like I mean if you're really trying to do it like you really need to just like pick up any camera you know like your iPhone camera you know um, maybe like your dad's old camera somewhere you know someone has a camera that you have a camera in your pocket you know Chase Jarvis always talks about how you know the best camera is the one that you have with you mm-hmm. you know because I mean you are the filmmaker you know the, the you know the gears shouldn't dictate you know how well the film turns out I know a lot of you hear this from like a lot of people that have 
um, amazing gear mm-hmm. and they're there with like the red <laughs> epics and they're like gear doesn't matter you know and they, they have like you know thousand dollar rigging mm-hmm. you know drones flying over and they're t- still telling you gear doesn't matter gear doesn't matter mm-hmm. but there are people out there like professionals that will still go out and they will still shoot with iPhones and those they'll just create like amazing content mm-hmm. I mean iPhone 11 is coming out yo like you can still do some crazy stuff with that um, and I think like you can even edit on your iPhone now too which mm-hmm. is like I mean that's been around too um, and if you don't want to edit on your iPhone, edit on your computer, you know, iMovie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can do hit film. There's so many different ways you yeah, can just yeah, get yeah. out there and um, and just make films. Um, and there's really like no excuse. I mean, it's really just about your vision and like what you see and um, making it happen. You know, mm-hmm. give yourself deadlines too. like, hey, say like I created if you start a project, say like, hey, I'm going to finish this like next week or by this time or this date, I'm gonna release it. I'm gonna tell people I'm gonna release it. And I feel like it'll also give you that immediacy of like how um, your films need to be released like soon, like soon, you know, it kind of helps with me too. And I think like that'll help other people as well. Um, just get content out fast um, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, make as, ma- as many things as possible so they can learn um, the real process of filmmaking, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, if you're on campus, you can join my club and we'll teach you a lot of things about film and you can collaborate <laughs> with us too. <laughs> Darren, I was waiting for this moment to hear what you had to say next. Can you please plug anything and everything that you have right now, including social media, clubs, oh my all gosh. that stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, we have so many things, uh, but you can find me on Instagram at dtungui, D-T-U-N-G-U-I. Um, you, can be, you can just find me on YouTube at um, Darren Tun. So just type in my name, D-A-R-R-E-N-T-U-N. Um, you can find me on TikTok. I, I forgot <laughs> what you can, I forgot my username for TikTok. Um, I'm sure it's uh, D-T-U-N-G-U-Y, D-Tun guy, same as like uh, the other ones. You can find me, um, I have a website, DarrenTun.com. Uh, SoundCloud, just type in Darren Tun. Literally, I'm the only Darren Tun. On Google so if you literally look up my name exactly like like I take up two pages on Google damn like like it literally <laughs> it's all me like those are all my links right there you can find me on IMDB uh, but yeah I also have a another Instagram account called the creative podcast where I also interview creatives like how mm-hmm. Mike is doing um, uh, and I also have another account called Darren Tun video where I do just a bunch of video stuff, photo stuff. You can just check out my work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> is that intern kid an, a still an That intern thing? kid is also another project I forgot about. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a project. It's kind of funny, though. That was a project that I started over the summer uh, trying to get an internship. And it was kind of just me like going around saying I'm that intern kid and seeing if people would like hire me. Um, genius I love yeah that. yeah That's yeah so good <laughs> <laughs> and then like i would buy the domain uh get me an internship.com and i would like link back to like my resume mm-hmm. and things like that it hasn't been taken yet and i haven't taken it yet either so um i was thinking about doing it it's still a project in the works um but yeah if you beat me to it <laughs> you can have it i mean it's a great idea but uh yeah all right man thanks so much for coming on yeah yeah uh, definitely uh it's a pleasure <laughs> doing this. Awesome. We'll catch you next time.